Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. We come from the land of the ice and snow, from the midnight sun when the hot springs flow. This is uh, us entering with a little Led Zeppelin, a song called Immigrant Song. It's about Valhalla, and I thought it was kind of related to our topic today, which is... Sure, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Close enough. Also, I just wanted to yell, ah, which is, you know... (laughs) Yeah, something I the wanted. embodiment of our lives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Michaela and I were talking before we started the podcast, and I said that I just kind of heard that song in the background of our lives right now because shit is just hitting the van. So, yeah, that's why we're singing it. And also it's related to all of the bibliotherapy. The, the books that I read as a kid were all kind of like adventure books with like, you know, Viking night sort of things. So I thought, eh, close enough. This song references yeah. Valhalla, so... We'll take it. Remember, that got really popular, all of this Viking Valhalla stuff got really popular. I did. Aren't we both, don't we both have some kind of Scandinavian happening with us? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I believe so. I can't remember. Are you Swedish? More Dutch. Okay. More Dutch. Is that Scandinavian? I don't even know. Probably not. I don't know. That's (laughs) (laughs) We'll say, yeah. I don't know. They're, I don't know. Sure. Sure. I'm not, I have some people in my family who are really good about our family history, but uh, I am not that person. Yeah. I know I've got, <laughs> I've got some Norwegian somewhere in there and yeah, some wild. I know I have some Neanderthal. No like, way. I got, yeah. <laughs> the OG. <laughs> yeah. Ugga, ugga. Yeah, that's you. Hey, that's great. You've got a lot of uh, uh, history to back up your bloodline. Let's just say that. There you go. Been around a yeah. long time. Uh, so everybody, welcome. This is our show, Shit Your Shrink Things. We are two shrinks. They tell you what we think about life, love, mental health. I don't think we actually talk about love so much, but we do tell you. Yeah. Sometimes we do. How to love yourself. How to love yourself. Exactly. Yeah. There we, we go. tell you skills about coping. We tell you mental health facts, new research that's coming out. And then we try to apply these skills to our own life and we let you know how those skills are ending up for us. Spoiler, we're not that great at them, but we are trying. <laughs> we are trying really hard. Uh, we're not that good at them, but we are doing we are doing them. And I think right. it's probably... Which is more than some therapists do. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. probably normalizing for clients to hear or people who would go to therapy or people who yeah. are avoiding therapy because I think it shows that even people who know the skills backwards and forwards are having a hard time just making time or trying. And sometimes the homework goes a different way than what we expected from the previous week. So, you know, right? yeah, something to think about. As a reminder, we are also on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So if you want to follow us and see some sweet homegrown memes, I'm only posting a couple a week right now, but 
It's something. Yeah. The more important thing is, is if you could like, subscribe, rate, and review us, that helps boost our numbers and helps get us found. And then if yep. you want to, you feel like donating to our tip jar, we do have a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash share shrink. Thanks. So consider it. Yeah. It would be really helpful and cool. <laughs> <laughs> and you would be helpful and cool if you did it. <laughs> yeah. So each week we do have a what's good, and we talk about something that either the other person doesn't know about us, a fun story that happened in the week, or just something that we find to be pleasant and interesting. Mm -hmm. So what is your what's good this week, Michaela? My what's good is a TikTok song I can't get out of my head. Okay, tell me about the ticking <laughs> okay, and the talking. <laughs> so there is a a page or a TikToker, I guess. Okay. That's called Doggy Songs. Doggy Songs. Yes. And they have a song that is called The Cheese Tax. Oh my God. I heard that song. You heard it. The oh. Cheese Tax. The Cheese Tax. You gotta pay the cheese tax when you start a cooking. <laughs> when that cheese drawer opens, this puppy comes a looking. The rules are the rules and the facts are the facts. And when that cheese drawer opens, you gotta pay the tax. <laughs> I love how, so in this video, they keep zooming into this dog's face whenever they open their cheese door, and it's just, like, looking vaguely threatening in all different positions if you don't <laughs> if you don't pay it the cheese. Yes, I actually saw that, like, two nights ago, and I, I wouldn't say I liked it, but I could not stop watching it. I watched it, like, three times. I don't know. I was going to say, yeah, it's not like it's a great song, but it's in my head. Yeah. And I'm just walking around, the cheese tucks. <laughs> I'm going to pay myself the cheese tax. Screw the dog. Right? Every time I open the cheese door, I get treated cheese. Yeah. Actually, that's probably true. We have like four kinds of cheese in the cheese drawer, and I'm kind of like, that's Ooh. what I snack on. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Good song. Great song. That's funny <laughs> that we both saw it. That is. That is ironic and rare. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I saw it on Instagram Reels. I don't have the talks. That's okay. Close enough. How about you? What is your what's good study? So this week I did something. In fact, yesterday I did something and it was called Archery Games. Have you heard of this? Ooh, no. Okay. It is as if dodgeball were with bow and arrows. So you you get a bow and arrow and you get a helmet. It's like if maybe if dodgeball and paintball had a baby. You get okay. a bow and arrow and a helmet and the arrow has a little puff at the end of it. So when it hits people, it doesn't hurt them. It doesn't hurt. Sure. Too much. I mean, it does a little hurt. <laughs> if you uh, get... I mean, paintball hurts. Yeah. 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 If you get pwned pretty hard, then it will hurt a little bit <laughs> if you're doing stupid stuff out there. But so we had four people yesterday. So we had teams of two. And then there are there's like a middle line that divides this court. And then there's like three let's call them barriers or things to hide behind and shoot from behind those things. Okay. And you can play different versions of it. So there's just straight up like dodgeball version where you shoot at the other team and you hit them and then they get out and you try to get everybody out. And then okay. you can add a new one called golden arrow, where there's an orange tipped arrow. And if you hit somebody with an orange tipped arrow, a player from your team can come back or my favorite was, we called it Assassin Medic. We just made it up. It was a game we made up. <laughs> <laughs> Where the orange chip arrow, if you hit somebody with that arrow, they're forever dead. And if you, everybody's a medic. So, like, if somebody lays down, gets hit, they lay down and they put their hand out. And the other person can run and has to touch him for three seconds and they can revive. Which is 
harder than it looks because if you run from behind the barrier, people are just shooting at you. So you feel... Right, yeah. And three seconds is a long time. Yeah, it's one yeah. It's one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi. So it was a long time. So yesterday we played that. And I was... Before I got there, I wasn't totally into it. I just... Like I... To be frank, and I do not drink a lot, but I was a little hungover. I had like three whole drinks the night before and I just wasn't feeling great, which is like <laughs> so pathetic. But I was just kind of in the car grumpy. And... <laughs> <laughs> we got there and I would say probably after I quit playing softball, my competitive drive just completely died. That was like 17 or 18 years old. I just kind of was like, I'm not competitive anymore. Who cares? And yeah. Especially because I'm not particularly good at like games or things. Like you have to be good at stuff to be competitive at it. It feels like. To right. Me. Fair. Yeah. So, yeah. Like all that instinct has gone. And I wasn't into it. And then we started and it like something triggered in me where I was like, I'm Katniss Everdeen. (laughs) I became a cold-blooded assassin. I had like headshots. I was like running and diving to revive people. I was doing like wind sprints across this place. We probably played, I don't know, call it seven or eight games switching different teams and I only lost when I was on a team one time because I was a psycho at this game it was like um it was so fun I might or might not have yelled boom headshot as loud as I possibly could at one point in time so you were just running around crazed yeah yeah I was crazed I was crazed but it was a whole hell of a lot of fun and now today I'm so sore I can barely sit here I'm like (laughs) <laughs> wincing. It is the best workout. I was sweating and sweating and sweating. I was basically doing wind sprints and I'm doing like, you know, physical muscular exercise, drawing the bow back and then like diving yeah. and doing sprints. So that was the best workout I've had in a really long time. And I, and I it was fun. It. Yeah. It was Yay! so much fun. Yeah. So I highly recommend Have you that. done, have you done bow and arrow stuff before or was this one of your first experiences with that? I, that takes a bit of skill to yeah, get that aim. That's true. I have done bow and arrow before. We um so I grew up in the country and so there was like we hung up like an old salt bag and we would like shoot try to shoot at the center of it. Yeah. And so I've done that and then I've gone to like not maybe like three or four times to like an archery range, nothing crazy, but enough so that like I do know how to draw a bow, knock a bow, and then shoot yeah. it. But I hadn't, I didn't know that I could do it while running. Turns out I'm a cold blooded killer. <laughs> I was like crazy. That's badass. Yeah, no, I was insane. And part of it was just like, I think I'm small and hard to hit. And so I don't know if you've ever watched or played Last of Us, but I just kept thinking, like, I'm Ellie, I'm Ellie, I'm Ellie. I just want to, like, I'm just a straight murder gremlin right now. So it was, <laughs> it was like, the most fun in the world. And that's my what's good. I highly recommend trying it. And not even because, like, you could be good at it, but more even if you weren't good at it, it's so fun just to sit behind the barriers and try to, like, shoot from your knees and, like, try to get people. It was just a good time. Well, I think it's like the embodiment of our bibliotherapy, right? Instead, you're acting like the yes. characters you play. You're getting to like engage it in real, real life. Yeah, that's called that's cool. LARPing. <laughs> Good point. That is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Someday I want to legit do that. 
Oh my God. I would LARP with you any minute. Any minute. You call me, you say, I want to LARP. We will figure it out. I will figure that okay. out. I want to yell yeah. about throwing magical fireballs and stuff. I just want to. I want to have like the whole outfit on and everything. Though. Hell like, yeah. Yeah. Adult, make- <laughs> adult make-believe I think is so underrated. I think we should all be LARPing <laughs> at all uh, times. Uh, yes. We can play whatever it. you want. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> how did your outside of practice go? Speaking of. Horrible. Okay. What, 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 what did you, what were I, you supposed to do? So doing? I was supposed to just read to my baby. <laughs> and I did it once. Uh, she is teething and she is in a stage where she gets really tired, mm-hmm. but she doesn't want to sleep. So she's kicking around and throwing her arms mm-hmm. like just fisticuffs. Yep. So it's really hard to read a book while she's being exercised. <laughs> the uh, demons, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Just didn't quite happen. But I did try once, and yeah. it went okay. <laughs> did, Maybe... she, did she care, like, that it was even happening? Was she even aware? No. I Earlier in the day, I did just when we were kind of playing, and she liked looking at the book and was paying attention. But at that stage of tired, she was like, I will throw that book across the room. Yeah, that's so. fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I I like it a lot. You did your best. You did try. Hey, that's better I than did. nothing. You did try. Yeah, I did. And I did it at a different time than when it wasn't really working. So, oh, and hey. that one worked better, you know? Nice. Okay. This is, I would count that as a success. Nice job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? How did your homework go? So I had two ideas. One is that I wanted to get back into reading things. And two is that I wanted to read to my BB. Um, the reading to the BB went okay. We got, so somebody had given us these like hard, chunky books that they can put in their mouth, like, and get right. drool over, you know, those ones. And then oh, yeah. they're like animal, they had animals on them and you can touch like the fur of the animals. There's different fur on different pages or whatever. And so I read a couple of those and he's really, I think mostly just wants to put them into his mouth, but it was sure. successful. So basically <laughs> I kind of cheated. I just like put these hard books all around the ground and let him just kind of like put them into his mouth. And as he would put them, like I'd kind of walk by and be like, Oh, this is the little gosling. The little gosling loves to go in the lake. Quack, quack. <laughs> so whatever just... page he had open when he was chewing. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I was like, if you're going to act like Gronk baby, I'm going to at least read you a passage of this while you're like chewing on the duck feathers. That's fine. I don't. So it wasn't, I say like, I probably read in total two books just between like the passages. <laughs> the various pages yeah. that were open. Yeah, sure. so I wouldn't say it was like hardcore, but I, I partially did it. And then let's see, my own practice. I don't think I did my own practice in regards to reading a book, but there is a show coming out soon that is a second part of a series I really like. And so I'll be watching that. So it wasn't like anything. I, I didn't do a good job at that. I did charge my Kindle and I had intended to read, but I didn't. Half a win. Yeah, it was half a win. And, you know, I'm going to get back to the reading someday. So I'm not worried about it. I always go in phases where I read a whole lot. Like I'll plow through a huge series. And um, I yeah. did end up talking to a friend about a book series that I loved and recommending it. And then she was texting me about the different characters in it. 
And so that felt pretty well, that's good. That's kind of fun. Yeah. Kind yeah. of re-engage in that storyline. Yeah. I think that's some of the times the hardest part about a book series is you get like really invested in it and then it's done. And you're sitting there like half traumatized by the book and yeah. no one else knows. Yeah. The yeah. world keeps spinning. <laughs> yeah. There was a book. It was called a Throne of Glass series that I read. And there was a particular character in there. Her name was Mano. And she was a, a witch who like had you know, iron talons and iron teeth and she would murder men. And it was, I loved her. And then she kind of like went straight edge. It was awesome. Like she was like, in, she was like a, basically a battalion leader that rode dragons. And I was just like, this bitch is like the best. I was like, can I be friends with this fictional character? This is who I want to be. This is what I am inside. And then the the series ended and I felt like I lost a, a legitimate friend. I was like, oh man, right. I'm so sad. I'm so sad. Yeah. So those, those were my homework items. I tried my best, but it was about 50-50. So we're going to get to our topic area today, which is the second part of bibliotherapy. So as a reminder, last week, we talked about bibliotherapy and we said that bibliotherapy can be done in several ways. But we know that reading books does help with anxiety, depression, some trauma symptoms, and even some like more severe mental health issues. And so we had talked about how self-help books in particular or workbooks for anxiety, depression, et cetera, could help with mild anxiety, mild depression, specific pho- phobias, um, like kind of other specified trauma disorders. And so that this was more accessible. It had is a little more affordable than traditional therapy. You can go to libraries mm-hmm. and get it and you can work at your own pace from the privacy of your own home. And then we also just cautioned that there are some limitations, which is just that, you know, it may not be suitable for individuals with more complex issues And, you know, some individuals may struggle with motivation or find it difficult to engage with the materials and it doesn't really help social isolation. And you, some people need like a tailored therapy, but I do find that these self-help books and um, these kind of workbooks are really effective for kind of the mild stuff, first line. And if you're just trying to, if you're not yet ready to go to therapy, I think it's really an awesome option. So this week we're going to talk a little bit about the growing body of research that suggests that reading books for pleasure can have a positive impact on mental health. So there are some key findings. So stress reduction, obviously, is one of the great things. So reading can help reduce stress by providing us a relaxing escape from daily worries and responsibilities. Studies have shown that just six minutes of reading can reduce stress levels by up to 68%. I know, isn't that? That's a big percentage. I know. Is that not bananas to me? Six minutes, 68%? Yeah. Holy cow. Right? Why would you not just read something for six minutes then? I mean, you should do that literally every day. If you meditated for six minutes and you read for six minutes, that is literally under 15 minutes of stress reduction. And do you, can you imagine how much of a benefit those two things would have for you? I mean, that's crazy. 68% for just one of them? Yeah. Shoot. Take a book with you to the bathroom and right. just lock the door. You know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Instead of scrolling on your phone, take a book, read for like six or seven minutes, say you're taking a gnarly poo, and then just hang out in there and read about your favorite people. It can be, and yeah. this can be fiction or nonfiction. I strongly prefer fiction, <laughs> but it can be Same. fiction or nonfiction. And as long as it's a book for pleasure, 
Yeah, I think about those tiny little magazines. My mom used to always have, oh, darn it. They're like guardian angel type. Oh, oh, guideposts? Is that? Guideposts. Yeah, Yeah. maybe. Something like that. Yeah. But they always had different angel stories in them. Yeah. My grandma has those. On the back of and her so it'd be tiny little short stories that were like, you know, a page or two that you could read quick. Oh, my God. I <laughs> literally, whoever has any reading material on the back of the toilet, like, thank you for this gift. I will read whatever you put there. Literally, whatever you put there, I will read it. We have a whole stack of those books where they have just random facts in them. I love that. Yeah. Yes. yes. Like big, thick books of like random facts. <laughs> oh my God. I love that so much. Yeah. My grandma definitely has the angel books or the um, Reader's Digest. She has some. Reader's Digest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I miss my grandma. I got to give her a call. My, so I know my grandma lives uh, uh, backing up. I've been really wanting to go back home and go back to her backyard. She lives on the edge of a forest. And it Ooh. backs up onto this like quarry. The forest backs up onto a quarry. And then there's this like huge kind of like deserted meadow that connects to the forest. It's like uh, absolutely beautiful. Magic. Yeah, it's yeah. like some twilight stuff. And I've just been feeling the call home really strongly lately. I got to go do my pilgrimage anyway. <laughs> my grandma's got books on the back of her toilet. And that was, I mean, that was the same. We had that growing up. Like we would just leave like sci-fi fantasy books on the back of her toilet and just read them. So <laughs> yeah, six. I love that. Yeah. yeah, 68%. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. That's worth the six minutes. Absolutely. Of note, you know, chronic stress is a precursor to mood disorders. So this could be a preventative way. Yes, absolutely. If you can take that cortisol down in advance, then you're less likely to have something crop up later. So six minutes a day keeps the psychology experts away. (laughs) 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 We're talking about reading people. (laughs) Uh, So Uh. another thing that reading for pleasure can do is that it can help improve empathy. So this kind of connects to our previous episode. We're trying to connect the dots. Um, We know that empathy does tend to help live a healthy, happy life for people. Empathy improves social connections. Empathy can improve mood. So reading literary fiction in particular can help improve empathy and social cognition. It allows readers to experience different perspectives and understand complex emotions. And you're switching between characters. So for example, there's this book I read Mm. called Wheel of Time. All of you nerds in there know what I'm talking about. What's up? This is for you, nerds. So like one story would follow the character Rand and you would quote be Rand like you would be seeing his perspective right his heads his like his thoughts and what yeah yeah, his thoughts his emotional reactions and what he felt about people for like three chapters and then you'd switch to Matt and then you'd be in his head and you'd be understanding his thoughts and emotions and I always thought it was interesting because when I was little I remember reading that and it was it became easier for me to switch between like my understanding and other people's understanding it just kind of gave me the clue as a young person that Oh, like we could see the same thing totally different. Like that would be just the various perspectives. That's a huge lesson. Yeah, it's a huge lesson. Perspective taking is important in, as they say here, social cognition and understanding complex emotions. So one study did find that participants who read literary fiction scored higher on tests of empathy than those who read popular fiction or nonfiction. So just interesting. It, It looks like there is some kind of like hierarchy too of the stuff you read 
probably Cosmo isn't going to do it. But I, you know what I mean? I would, I would, you know what's funny is I would bet like some kinds of magazines or some kinds of light reading would do it for the six minutes. But I don't know if it would do it for like the social cognition empathy piece. I would imagine you right. have to like read different perspectives. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. It's a different kind of kind of reading required to meet that that goal. Yeah. And I would say that like any reading that tries to make you buy something, <laughs> maybe that is yeah. not the reading that you should be doing. So I would say like, again, a book, an actual book, read a book. Better sleep is also a benefit that you can have from reading. So reading before bed can help improve sleep quality by promoting relaxation and reducing the impact of electronic devices on sleep. I wonder if Kindles are okay. I bet they are because you can put them on the like sleep function. The dim setting. Yeah. Yeah. I bet they are. I would think so. I mean, it's better than not, right? I Yeah. Oh, and I think it's better than the, the blue of the phone or, you know, watching videos or. Oh, definitely. Well, videos, I know for sure, because there's movement, light and sound, which uh, right. awakens you. <laughs> But one study found that participants who read for 30 minutes before bed had better sleep quality and felt more alert in the morning than those who used electronic devices. Oh, my God. I got to get back to this. This is like I'm motivational interviewing myself right now to get back to reading. <laughs> like you're telling me all these fun facts. I literally created this outline and like read this outline. I was like, oh, I got to get back to reading. And then I it's like I forgot the entire outline and we're going through it again. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to get back to reading. I mean. If you could, with something in 10 minutes or less, improve your sleep quality, improve your stress, and just feel better, why would you not do that? And it's something that is cheap. It's effective. I just don't – I don't know why I'm yeah. not doing this. this well, is- and there are those different things, too. I love – there are different neighborhood, like, library-type things oh, where I people have – on the corner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where they can, like, trade books. You can get a book for free. You know, give one book that you read and take a book and – I find that so, so quaint and cute. I love it so yes. much. Remember, yeah. like, I think back in the olden days, that's part of what people would do is exchange books and then, like, read it at the end of the night. Somebody would just, like, read the book, like, a story time. Everybody, there'd be, like, candles lit and everybody would be just, like... Right, sit around. Yeah, yeah. listen to the story. That sounds amazing to me. That sounds... If somebody was in the middle of the room reading me, like, some cool adventure story with candles lit all around and I was just yes. in my jammas. Wh- what? That sounds like my heaven. I don't know why we aren't doing that more often. I'm somebody who always falls asleep when reading. Like it's something yes. I, I I love it, but I hate it because then you lose where you're at. And like if the book closes, you're like, hush. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I know for some people, you know, if you're really invested in the book, sometimes that might keep you awake and keep you stimulated and interested. But overall, research has shown that it helps with your sleep. Yeah, I I bet this is true for audiobooks as well. I bet if you're listening to stories, I don't I don't know if it would be as effective, but I do think it's probably effective. Right. That makes sense to me. So it also works for, reading also works for cognitive stimulation. So reading can help stimulate the brain and improve cognitive function, especially in older adults. So one study found that frequent reading was associated with a slower rate of cognitive decline in older adults. So keep that brain. You're just exercising it like a muscle, baby. Mm -hmm. That makes sense to me. I mean, kind of like we encourage people to do puzzles and things like that. It's just another form of keeping the mind engaged and stimulated. Absolutely. If my my dad is like this, my dad reads like 24-7 and that dude is sharp as a tack. Like he just is constantly reading. I want to be that model. 
But also he's a little less like he doesn't have kids in the house and stuff right now. So I think about it as like, well, one day I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> when things slow down, I'll I'll yeah. Yeah, have my coffee and just read all oh, day. God, don't even tease me. <laughs> that, I mean, sounds like literally my heaven sounds like I'm there's a peaceful lake. Listen to this, you guys. Here's my heaven. There's a lake in front of me. It's peaceful. There's not a lot of boats. It's surrounded by trees. It's a summer day. There's like some big puffy white clouds in the sky, super blue sky. And I have this like raft, a big raft with a nice coffee. And I've placed it in the cup holder on the raft. And I've taken my book and I'm just kind of like laying on this lake, reading and drinking coffee and listening to birds. You guys, is that not heaven? Come on. Come on. (laughs) I agree. Only I would probably, <laughs> because I'm a terrible reader, replace the book with like petting a cat and just <laughs> looking around or maybe doing some artwork. Oh, yeah. <laughs> artwork. or Yeah. Yeah. That would be yeah. awesome. I love that. These are great scenes. You can be painting. You'll be on the dock and you'll be painting me reading the book. There, we there go, you go. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Beautiful fantasy. <laughs> So also we have found that reading reduces symptoms of depression and anxiety. So reading can alter mood through distraction and pleasant event scheduling, which the brain views as self-care. So particularly for fiction, I think this could be true. And it also may reduce feelings of isolation because, again, you're meeting these characters. I literally talked about how I felt like I was friends with this made up character, which I think really is you wanting to be friends with the author. Like when you think about it, sure, it's like yeah. you're having this human experience with the author and the author's imagination. And you're like, yeah, man, we get each other a little bit on some level. We get each other. So that's pretty cool. It can reduce. Those that feelings. is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not just a connection with a fictional character. Like you said, I like it's a, a connection with the insight and the perspective of the author. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's cool. So I have a little brief exercise to try as a team. Okay. Don't you okay. don't you don't read these. What okay. I'm gonna have us do is I'm gonna have Michaela close her eyes and I'm oh, just Lord. gonna demonstrate what this feels like. Um and now these are quotes from Lord of the Rings. I think some of them could be from the movie. I didn't dig enough to be like these are specifically from the book. I know some are specifically from the book, so don't kill me if like two or three are from the movie. But what I'm gonna do <laughs> is I'm gonna read some quotes from the let's call it the book, mostly the book. And I'm just gonna see how Michaela's mood feels after each quote. Like what emotion she feels um, to kind of demonstrate what the point of reading could be and you as the listener can play along you listen to a quote and you notice what emotional state you feel so notice what your emotional state is right now in your day how things are going for you maybe you're stressed maybe you're happy I don't know and or maybe you're thinking about a lot of different things but I'm going to read you a series of quotes so the first quote this is Lady Galadriel and she says Even the smallest person can change the course of history. What emotion does that make you feel? Inspired? Yeah, right. Exactly. So like that's that's nice. Just and I feel like I feel hopeful when I hear that. Okay. Here's another quote. Gandalf, who is the OG Gandalf. All that we have to do is decide what to do with the time that is given to us. What emotion does that make you feel? I guess comforted, maybe? Yeah, it kind of makes me feel calm too. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't have a lot to do. I just have to make choices for me. And that right. feels comforting. Okay. Gandalf also says, I will not say do not weep, for not all tears are an evil. 
that makes me feel validated. also comfort yeah yeah validated and comforted yeah like it's okay to cry yeah, yeah it's okay to cry okay the board is set the pieces are moving we come to it at last the great battle of our time I feel like there's a big adventure about to happen or something. Like, yeah, I'm I was like, gonna say Whoa. like, I, what's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. On edge. Yeah, but like a good edge. Yeah, like oh, interested. Yeah. Maybe interested is the emotion. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now this. Deeds will not be less valiant because they are unpraised by Aragorn. Oh my god, I love that Ooh, one. I do love that one. I love that. Validated again. Validated. Like, yep. I, yeah. I feel seen and understood by Mr. Aragorn. Okay. Right. Here's Gimli. Faithless is he that says farewell when the road darkens. So I feel like inspired to be courageous. Like Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was feeling courage. Yeah. yeah. Like like hang in there. Even when the road darkens, you gotta hang in there. Right. Okay. Um Oh my god, I love this one. Legolas. The treacherous are ever distrustful. Ooh. Right? Like, so the yeah. people who are most mistrustful or whatever, you gotta watch out for them because they're shady. Like, I yeah. feel like Legolas is like... They're projecting. Yeah. Like, you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So I feel like Legolas is like giving me advice. Like, ooh, like that's advice I'm actually gonna take into the real world. What, Legolas? Right. Thank you. Okay, Bilbo, the classic, not all who wander are lost. Yes, I do love that quote. Yeah, that makes me feel bad. I didn't realize it was from Lord of the Rings. Is that where it originated from, or do you think? So I am not totally sure of this, because I think there is some, like, um, question on the internet about this, and I didn't dive into this quote as much. And I know that somebody is going to DM me about this quote. But let's assume, <laughs> let's assume for these purposes that we'll here. say, yeah, I, that's okay. That is what the uh, the Google machine tells me that it's Bilbo. This one's Gandalf. I'm looking for someone to share in an adventure that I am arranging, and it's very difficult to find anyone. Gandalf. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I feel like mischief uh, and adventure and fun. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, 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 fun. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then this one is really, really cool. It's about dying, actually. So this is Gandalf. End? No. The journey doesn't end here. Death is just another path, and it's one that we all must take. Mm, Comforting. Comforting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the point of that exercise for all of the people out there is to notice how quickly and how powerfully these quotes words yeah Yeah. they're just quotes and words that you could read you could read even a single one of those like literally just reading you know the one with Gimli where he's like hang on when the road darkens essentially it makes me think of a quote from Harry Potter where it's all you must do is remember to turn on the light. Like even yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yes. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, exactly. Dumbledore so, is like, you just have to remember to turn on the light. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Dumbledore. He has a good one. What is it? Words, in my opinion, are mo- our most inexhaustible source of magic. Dumbled- yeah. Dumbledore. <laughs> so, I mean, if you think about these quotes, if you were to read a book like this, you are both getting like advice, you're getting empathy, you're getting social cognition. And you're getting something hopeful, right? Like mm-hmm. you're you're getting a hopeful or inspiring message. So I really highly recommend it. And the last kind of point we're going to make today is clients where we've seen, and we can kind of summarize, some do reading for leisure in regards to helping themselves with 
their mood, but some also do the self-help reading and that kind of bibliotherapy. So we're just going to talk really briefly about situations where you've seen this work out well for clients. Yeah. So I've had a few clients who come in and tell me about the book that they're reading and how it inspired them to, you know, it motivated them to take some action on a, an aspect to, to go back to school or yeah. to, you know, just different ways that it helped get them actually out of the house even. You know, people think about the reader who is <laughs> locked inside yeah. and never leaves, but it actually inspired them to get out and engage with life. Yeah. And and I have had two where I've utilized different self-help books, you know, for resiliency. And again, it, it kind of helped give insight and, and inspire. So yeah, absolutely. I think as a therapist, when I see somebody who's really kind of goal directed in front of me, and they like reading and they like learning, I will literally send them the self-help book, or I will send them an audio book, or I will send them a some like a workbook almost and if right I, if it's going to be two or three weeks before when I see them next I kind of let them work on that at their own pace and we do like a therapy book club where they come back and I supplement with additional information additional uh kind of experiences that I've had and ways in which this could be tailored to the client and mm-hmm. so that often usually that combined approach I've seen really helps people a lot um I've also seen it be the case that People read or get validated from books. So one of the books I had a couple, I've had a couple of clients actually bring this book to me. It's called Glass Castle. Have you heard of this? Oh yeah. I've read that one actually. It's really good. Really? Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So Glass Castle is a book about, I think it's a, she was a reporter, I believe. I think she was a writer and reporter maybe. She would that sounds about it's been a long time since I've read it. I remember the premise of it, but I don't remember all the details. Yeah, that's what she grew up to be. And her it's her story, it's her biography of right growing up in what would you say? Probably extreme poverty. What else do you Yeah, remember? extreme poverty is kind of how I would describe it. And just the perspective of her parents on their family dynamics. Like there's a scene where they're like moving and they're basically like running away from people who are coming after them for squatting. Yeah. And like the, they're in the back of a a truck, like a moving truck. Yeah. The kids are, and the doors are like flying open and they're all just trying to hunker down and not fall out. Yeah. (laughs) Not fall out of the moving truck. And they would do this from time to time. They would like go into a place they would run up the rent, run up the rent, not pay it, and then eventually right. get kicked out or forced out. And, like, run. And yeah. then run. Yeah. And it talks about, so, living in extreme poverty. There's also some, like, uh, discussion about substance use in the family. There's right. also a lot of really good discussion of emotional immaturity in parents mm-hmm. who are taking care of multiple kids. And it, it also does have a message of, like, hopefulness and empathy because it's, like, here's the background history of my parents and what they had to deal with. And like, believe it or not, they're better than this other situation. And then it talks about like how she got out. Like it does talk about her areas of resilience and strength. And I've had, I had a client give that book to me. Then I read it and I've given that book to several clients afterwards. And they have, who have had similar stories. And I cannot tell you how many times people have just been like, so validated by reading this because mm-hmm. it feels like you're less crazy afterwards, even though it's nonfiction. Yeah. I mean, you feel like not alone, finally. 
Right. Well, and I think she comes to the conclusion, like, oh, I'm not as crazy. Like, this was bonkers. Like, because part of it is her stepping out of her perspective. Like, as she grows up, she realizes that not everybody else lives this life. That not everybody else, you know, is jumping from school to school and only in a school for a few days before they move, you know. Or just, like, not in school for periods of time at all. Right. Yeah. At all. Or, like, you know, walking around looking for food. Yeah. (laughs) Dumpster diving, you know. Yeah, exactly. And I think in this story, she also has, like, a grandma who had money and then they like squandered all the money in the house that the grandma gave them I mean it's just like yeah it talks about how like if you don't have the correct perspective or a helpful perspective on like money and goods if you don't have like kind of a preserving respectful perspective on these things that you can squander it really quickly if you don't have kind of respect for what you get and gratitude for what you get so it's just a really cool message so I've heard clients get really good information out of that and then I've also had clients where just like we started with like a really basic of CBT for depression or for anxiety is you start with pleasant event scheduling so you start with activities for a client that you know for sure boosts their mood and you make sure that that's the foundation of they're doing at least something that boosts their mood every day and Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you the amount of people who choose reading and how effective it actually is, like reading for pleasure. Yeah. Especially, like, that's an easier one when somebody isn't very socially connected just yet. That one right. ends up working. And then you could always pair that. I pair it usually with, like, going somewhere to read, if you can, if you have access to that. So, like, going to a botanical garden to read, going to mm-hmm. the public library to read, going to a coffee shop to read, whatever. Because it actually like changes your mood even further because you're around people and you either I mean this happened when I worked at a coffee shop I mean people would do this and they would come and get their refills and they were regulars and so you get to know the people at the coffee shop I mean literally we became a bunch of us became friends with a bunch of the regulars who were always in there because I mean it's just like Mm -hmm. another co-worker at that point yeah Um, because they're always there yeah yeah yeah, as long as you're not weird to the the coffee shop employees (laughs) (laughs) but if you're just like pleasant and respectful and you give like a 20 cent tip or whatever you just start tipping the tip jar your change i mean this is like an easy way to also meet somebody and do a pleasant event so i've seen right and it's not like a lot of pressure to meet somebody like you said you're there to read yes you just interact when you're getting your coffee or you know exactly exactly i even i'm this is sounds lame but when i was doing internship interviews one of my favorite things was like if i was in a hotel I would just take my book downstairs and like get a drink at the bar and read my book. And I just like had such a pleasant time, like just read my book at a bar. I remember ordering macaroni and cheese, a glass of wine and just reading my little sci-fi book. And I was just in heaven out on the road, exploring the open world. God, who could literally who could ask for anything better? So, yeah, I I think it's a really effective skill for clients. It's a really effective skill also just for people who are trying to manage their own mood with you know, little assistance, let's say. So yeah. I've seen it be highly effective. So based on all this, uh, we got to come up with some homework for ourselves. It doesn't, I guess it doesn't have to be related to reading, but what do we want to try? I like the idea of the six minutes a day. Like yeah. now I don't think I'll probably actually get it in every day. I'm going to be honest. So yeah. maybe three days at least getting in six or so minutes of just reading. And it might even be the silly little fact book. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Whatever's on your toilet, <laughs> yeah. just read it. Yeah, I find that. How about you? I, I think the same. I think the exact same goal. I need, 
I need to get back to reading. It has a meditative effect on me. I have a really busy mind. Unfortunately, if I don't put something in it that is positive, my mind will create something that is negative. That's like its default state. It likes to do that. That's just that's just what it likes to do. It's like, oh, have you thought about the, uh, this possible disaster? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, Again, I think that's unfortunately how we're wired. Yeah. Right. We're all just kind of wired per- to prepare for disaster. Right. And the reality is, is like, I'm not under threat or duress right now. There is no right. impending disaster right now. So it's actually just a total waste of energy. Like it's actually maladaptive at this point. So if mm-hmm. I feed it little reading pellet nuggies, then it'll maybe chew on those and be like, ooh, I wonder what Egwene is going to do in the next chapter. You know, I, w- I will maybe like think about additional things that are not related to doom and destruction. I like it. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to, I was reading the, uh, Oh my gosh, it's like another young adult novel that I love. What was this called? A Court of Roses and Thorns or something like that is what Mm. I was reading last. It's probably the best representation of like, maybe not the best, but one of the better representations of a male protagonist being a good guy and like actually being a supportive, loving partner. It's really lovely. It's nice to see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, So I I have been enjoying that one, but I kind of got off the train with that one. So I'd like to get back on it. That's half the time with reading. That's half of my struggle is I have such a here and gone memory that if I don't, if I don't plow through a book, then by the time I pick it back up, I forgot everything. It's all over. (laughs) It's all gone. I have to start over. I know. I know exactly what you mean. Well, so that is our podcast I'm reading today. We do have a joke for you. If you are interested, would you like to hear my joke, Michaela? I would. I would. Okay. I've been reading this really fascinating book about anti-gravity. I just can't put it down. Oh, <laughs> oh I should have guessed that one. Okay. Oh, Do you I got one, one for, for you. Okay. Yeah. Why did the kid always sit in his wardrobe when reading books? Something about Lion and Witch. <laughs> Narnia, your business. Oh, my God. <laughs> Narnia, business. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to actually tell my husband that one. I'm going to go downstairs and tell him that one. Uh, I don't think he'll think it as funny as I did, but that was really, really good. Thank you for this gift. Thank you for this gift. Well, uh, my podcast listener friends, thank you for joining us today for our our second part on bibliotherapy. We so appreciate your life minutes. Uh, Like, rate, subscribe, and review us if you're feeling what we're putting down. I think somebody gave us like a 4.7 or a 4 star out of 5 star because I saw we are now at 4.9. So give us those 5 stars, baby. Yeah. We want want 5 stars. I mean, I get you don't want to give us a whole 5, right? I get it. No, I don't get it. We're not always great. No, we're I don't know. <laughs> Five stars forever. Five stars forever. You got to mark it up. You got to mark it up, Michaela. <laughs> Please uh, give us five I mean, stars. I'd appreciate the five, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not above begging. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not proud. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks, and we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.